You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Then you think about, um, you know, the fact that they added Hathaway. Now that means you're going to have to figure out who comes out of the lineup um, on the fourth line when... Felino comes back and we, it, it seems like Felino might be back for the first game. I think he thinks he's ready to go for the first game. Um, and, you know, at some point in the series, he will come back and then you have to make the decision about that fourth line. And I think, I think he's practicing as if he's back, right? Scott, he's on that fourth yeah. line, brought it in. So I, again, it's like, I don't want to read, you don't want to read too much into practice lines throughout the regular season. It's just used whatever they do things for different reasons, but going in, I mean, you have to kind of read into these lines. I mean, I just don't think they'd have Felino on that fourth line. If they were going to stick AJ Green for game one or, or, or um, Lauco or Frederick or whomever. So, you know, I think, I, I, like I said, I think if Bergeron goes, I think the tough conversation is, is had with Trent Frederick where it's like, look, like you've had, you've done, you've done awesome this year. You're going to get in throughout these playoffs, but right now, we're just, we're going with a I don't want to say a big boy lineup that's kind of condescending to him. He's one of their bigger players, but just as far as like been there, done that, like veterans, leaders, guys that are hungry that that understand the moment fully, and like Nick Felino is gonna. I, I just think he's I think he's in for game one. I'm actually surprised. There's a couple of other like Felino being on that fourth line, and then Derek Forbert being on that third D pair in practice with with Grizzlick on the on the quote unquote fourth D pair. Um it's it it was a little surprising, but I also kind of admire like Montgomery just being like, yeah, you guys are you guys are you guys are good to go. Get back where you get back where you were. You know what I mean? It's not it's not often sometimes you see guys lose a spot temporarily until like they work their way back into the lineup a little bit just through condition for conditioning or whatever or, or confidence. But Montgomery's with, with Nick Felino and Derek Forber, he just seems to have just stuck them right back where they were before they got injured. Well, I think he wants that's his ultimate test to see if they're ready. But I think Grizzlick's also m- possibly dealing with some sort of an illness because he came out of uh, Saturday's practice early. He, you know, which he hasn't been someone that's been on our injury radar. So maybe that's something that's going on with him as well. But, um, you know, maybe that's why he gets a little bit less time. And I know that. They just want Forbert to knock the rust off. So they want him to be out there, um, you know, uh, to see how he looks, where he would slot in. And one point about Frederick, and we can talk about all that, Scott, um, uh, that I thought was interesting the other day was somebody asked Coach, who do you think would maybe be like your your unsung hero, your X factor that people don't know, like guys that step up in the playoffs that you're not necessarily expecting. And one of the guys he named was Trent Frederick. Um, I think he sees Frederick in this lineup. So, um, and I don't think just like here and there, I think that he wants Frederick in his lineup on a nightly basis based on some of the things he said about him. 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean, someone has to come out though, and I, I agree with Brian that like Frederick seems like kind of the natural guy to be the odd man out when Felino goes in. Um, on defense, so like that up front, I think I'm okay with Felino going back in as long as as long as he is 100. percent Like I get the edge, the attitude that he brings, leadership on the bench, all that. Like I I see the value. On defense, I personally would I would be holding Forbert out until someone gives me a reason to sit them. And I don't think any of the top six have. Like I said this on Sunday Skate, but to me, my top six right now, I would line it up as Grizzlick McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, Orloff Clifton. I think that is without question your best five on five lineup. Uh you have one of your big three in McAvoy, Lindholm, and Orlov on the ice every single second of the game. Your penalty kill has stayed really good, even with forward out of the lineup. I just, that to me, putting him back in, and if it is Grizzly Quinn's upset sitting, as Bridget alluded to, Montgomery did say Grizzly was dealing with a little something, so maybe that explains why he's on the fourth pairing, but, you know, realistically, it certainly seems like a sign that he would he's going to be the healthy scratch. Um and I just don't really love doing that. Like, I, I think Grizzlick's been playing really well. I think he's had a very good season. Um, I get why there are concerns about him come playoff time. We know he has struggled to hold up uh, in the playoffs in the past. But I think he's been playing a smarter game this year. I think he's done a better job of avoiding hits, of moving the puck quickly, not getting himself into bad situations. And... I would give him the chance to show that he can do that in the playoffs this year before taking him out, like just preemptively sitting him to get forward back in. I, I just don't love it. Like to me, you know, the, there is absolutely no question that forward is a weaker player than Grizzly five on five. So the big advantage he's always had is his penalty killing. And I think their penalty killing has stayed really good even with him out and the Panthers power play is good, but like not elite. Like it's not the Oilers. Like it's not one of the absolute best power plays in the league. I think they're, I think they're right around the Bruins like 10th or 11th. So um, I would have, I would stick with the six that they've been using down the stretch that have got him here that have been so good together rather than, you know, getting forward back in where, I just don't really think anyone deserves to come out. I just think simply he's not ready. Right. And there's a good enough reason to keep him out. Like he's rusty. Montgomery said he's rusty. I mean, from what I saw, I know it's an optional morning skate in Montreal that he took, but I I did think he looked a little bit off. Um, And there's, you know, your built in excuse, your built in reason why you're starting the six that you're starting is because Forbert's just not ready yet. I don't think he is ready to come back. He hadn't even been skating for a long time. So we were wondering if he was going to make it back at one point in the first round at all. And now it kind of feels like they might be um, rushing him into the lineup. But I, I have a feeling he's not playing game one just because I don't think he's ready. And I think maybe the practice time was just to try to get him up to speed. Um, and I think the best bet is to keep Grizzlick in there for now. I, I don't think he's a hundred percent knocked off the rest yet. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few things at play here though. I mean, first of all, as it pertains to the Bruins and Derek Forber and how much he skated or hasn't skated, I, 
I honestly don't know how much of that may have been just like gamesmanship by the Bruins on the stretch. I don't know. I, I don't think there's any rules against a guy on LTIR practicing. Maybe there are. I don't know how that works. Um, but again, like certain guys, I definitely think that certain guys were on, you know, injured reserve at different times for obvious reasons for the Bruins on the stretch here. And if there was other implications that you have to abide by with, with that, then I don't know if that's the case or not, but real quick on, on, on Forbert, like the only thing I'll say is maybe he's not ready, but maybe he is ready. And if he is ready, it's one of those situations where all guys are going to have to play at some point or another. And do you really want him going, you know, another three weeks without playing? Like, it's almost like just kind of get his sea legs back under him at some point. The last thing I'll say is there are a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. I think that Matt Grizzlick over Derek Forbert would benefit the Bruins, certainly from a skating perspective. Rangers, um, Toronto, New Jersey. Um, uh, trying to think of maybe mm, that I'll stop. I'll stop there for now. But like the Panthers, to me, much similar to the Islanders. I just feel like that's a series where, like, I, I understand Scott says that Forbert's by far the worst five on five defenseman. I get that. I'm not going to dispute that analytically. But I do think there is something to be said about playing a Florida team that I think has a little bit more edge to them than, say, some other teams in the Eastern Conference. And there are things that Derek Forbert does better than Matt Grizzly that might not show up in the stat sheet, like boxing guys out in front, taking a hit in the corner, giving a hit in the corner. And I'm not uh, – this is not me saying play the big, bad phys physical defenseman because I don't think Derek Forbert is that. What I'm telling you is that there are some guys on Florida who are going to try to get on the forecheck, like like uh, Ryan Lomberg and Kachuk and Giovanni Smith and Nick Cousins, and it's a little bit tougher to to knock Derek Forbert off of his caveman simple hockey game than it is to do it to to Matt Grizzlick. And so I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be so critical of Derek Forbert and what he brings to the game because he's not as smooth of a skater or as good of a passer as Matt Grizzlick. I think there's different intangibles as to what might go into him playing a game against Florida um, as opposed to Matt right now. And I think that there's plenty of teams and situations where Grizzlick would be much better than Forbert, but this might not be one of them right now. And if Matt plays tomorrow night, then I'm sure he'll do great. I'm just saying, I'm trying to get into the mind of coaches. It's not always, you know, who's, who's, who's a better player necessarily overall. It's like, what, what, what's going to, what's this game going to look like? Who's who, who are we lining up against? So I would just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I do think it, it's interesting, though, because the problem with facing a team like Florida is that offensively, I mentioned this on Sunday scale, like they can beat you both ways. They grade out as one of the best backing teams. They also grade out as one of the best teams off the rush. So Orbert can probably handle the forecheck better than Grizzly. Grizzly can defend the rush a lot better. Like he's just, he's fleeter of foot. I think he better gaps, better stick. Like I think Forber would be more likely to actually get exposed by Florida's speed coming down the wing. Um, so there's that give and take of uh, both sides of it where it's, you know, which one are you, which one do you want to prioritize? You know, are you trying to take away the rush or do you want someone who's holding up against the four check? And maybe, you know, if it is forward over Grizzly, maybe the gamble is that, you know, playoff hockey tends to be a little more forechecking than rush style anyways. So maybe you're preemptively kind of preparing for that game. But I would be a little bit worried, though, about especially forward, you know, 
if he does have some rust, he's been on the lineup for a while, you know, how's his foot speed? How is he holding up when, uh, you know, an Anthony Duclair comes flying down the wing at him? Um, so I think that's also something that has to be considered is like, whatever in terms of in the corners in front of the net, I think you can point Grizzly having an advantage um, in terms of foot speed and uh, denying the entry. Yeah. And I think also it, it would change the way that if you wanted to have the three guys, like you were saying earlier, Scott, if you wanted to have one of Lindholm, McAvoy or Orlov all on the ice at the same time, you're, if you're Paris Forbert Clifton, you're not, you're not doing that. You're not having, you know, there's, there's not one of those guys on each pair. So that's another different look. I, I mean, once again, we're talking about the luxury of being able to look at all of those things. Um, I, if I was to like, just come out and guess right now. And, and um, I would say Forbert's out Felino's in um, and for game one, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and I'm not just, I'm not saying like um, because Forbert should be out necessarily matchup wise. I think most of where I come from with that is that he's not like not hundred percent back. And if you're questioning whether or not he's going to be able to, help the team and not hurt them in any way because um, he's not fully ready, then, you know, you keep him out because you have those guys that are fully ready and you know that can go uh, for game one. So I think that that would be my guess as of right now. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm just going, I'm just going to go based off of the deep pairs in Sunday's practice. And then if, if they change, if they have a morning skate tomorrow and, and it's flipped around then then I'll go with that. Um, I'm just putting stock into what, what Montgomery went with today, um, especially well, back end because there was no injuries to speak of. I know Grizzick was feeling sick or whatever, but you know, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, either way, I would say the last thing I'll say is like this conversation, like it's it's an amazing conversation to have because it just it, and you mentioned it, Bridget, a minute ago, like like the depth that this team has and the options that they have is it's amazing to to say it's a great problem to have is an understatement. Um, the flexibility, the the depth. Uh, of this team on the back end, depending on who you're playing, where you're playing them. Um, just it's, 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 it's really, really impressive what, what this roster looks like right now going into the playoffs. And the other injury that like we've been checking in on this weekend uh, was Allmark, right? So if we want to talk about that a little bit, um, Allmark practiced both Saturday and Sunday. Um, he says he feels good. Montgomery says he feels good, but then the game's been shit comes back in and they will not list the game one starter yet. So as of Sunday, they said goalie Bob's making a decision on Monday. They would not say. Yeah. I mean, Swayman missing Sunday's practice, I think pretty much settles that. Like I'd be very surprised if they come back with him as a starter coming off an illness that caused him to miss practice. So it's, it's all Mark. Like they can play around and say they're not naming their starter yet, but He's been on the ice both practices. Swayman hasn't. So, you know, Allmark did say he feels good. He said the only concern he does have for Monday is getting to the garden on Marathon Monday. Which I have the same concern. Yeah, same leanness. Like, I got to, you know, head in for morning skate and then the game. I'm like, that's going to be fun getting getting around Boston. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, it, you know, to me, as far as goaltending, like, I'm going to assume Allmark is 
really is good to go until or unless we see otherwise. Like, I know the last thing we saw from him in a game wasn't great. He slides across the crease, a little slow to get up, clearly dealing with something, plays a few more minutes, but then leaves that game, doesn't travel to Montreal. Um, you know, I know it's playoffs and no one gives you much information on injuries, but everyone's saying he's fine. It was muscle tightness. It was just precautionary, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to assume he's good to go until, you know, either they start swimming or until we see all Mark, like slow moving around or slow to get up or whatever. Um, I think he's okay. You know, the more interesting goalie discussion in the series is what Florida does. And they have also not revealed their game one starter. It seems like most people are assuming it's Alex Lyon who really emerged as their starter down the stretch ahead of Sergei Bobrovsky, who, had a really tough stretch, then was dealing with an illness of his own, missed you know a couple games because of that, but then did not get a starting job back even once he was back. Uh, they rode with Lyon, and he had a really hot seven-game stretch before finally he allowed four goals to Carolina in the season finale, but it, it seems like they're going hot hands. So even though Alex Lyon is a 30-year-old career AHLer and Sergei Bobrovsky makes – 10 million a year. It, it seems like the, the betting favorite to start game one for Florida is, is Alex Lyon ahead of Bobrovsky, which is super fascinating because you're talking about someone with no NHL playoff experience, Bobrovsky, lots of playoff experience, some of it very mixed, but you know, at least the guy who's been there. So that's, that is really interesting to watch and really interesting to see, you know, if Lyon struggles, how quickly would they go to Bobrovsky and all that we, you know, we've seen this a few times in recent years where the Bruins are facing a team that has some some serious goalie questions going into the series. Yeah, uh, the Bruins have their own goalie questions, but they're more like, "Hey, we have two great goalies. What should we do?" Whereas on this side, it's we have this guy who's played 15 games this year, but he's playing way better than Bobrovsky. Uh, you know, what should we do? He's got a winning record. He's been playing really well. He's probably one of the main reasons why they made the playoffs. And, um, and Montgomery said that he was one of the better players he had seen at a lower level. Um, yeah, he's been playing really great. I don't know how you take him out. See, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't want to rehash like an old, <laughs> a previous skate pod debate, but like, I don't think the Bruins are in a situation of like, we have two great goal- goalies. What do we do? I think it's, we have two great goalies. We know exactly what we should do. Like, like all Mark, he's the, he, he was the quickest goalie in league history to get to, to get to 49 wins, 49 wins in 40 games. He leads all statistical, statistical categories for goaltenders. And like, I know he and swim and split time, but it wasn't a 50, 50 split. It was like, what was it? Like 60, 40, like just, just around there. It's not like it was a straight split. Um, the good news, though, is that if if Allmark falters or he gets hurt, like yes, you have Swayman there who is like right there. But I think like Allmark's the guy, and as you guys talked about a minute ago, like he seems like he's good to go. Is it concerning that he's been rested down the stretch and ha- and and he's been he tweaked something? I mean, sure, but you know what though, like I don't think he's the only one that's going to be playing through something at some point. So I don't think they're, they're questioning what they're doing. It's just a matter of can he continue to play at the level that we've gotten accustomed to this year and stay healthy. Yeah, I think, you know, some Bruins fans, I think, are understandably still haunted a little bit by Tugarask two years ago, where 
it's okay. Everyone knows he's dealing with something. He's clearly not a hundred percent, but they keep sticking with him because he's your guy. Like I, I get why there would be that trepidation of, you know, Hey, hopefully that doesn't happen with Elmark. Like if he really is banged up and he's slowed, slowing down and he's only 75%, like, you know, I, I, I hope they go to Swayman. Like I, I get that part of it. Um, I don't yeah. think this is the same situation exactly. Like, as we know now, Tuco was playing with a torn hip labrum, which is, you know, a pretty serious injury, especially for a goalie. Um, again, until, until or, or unless we hear something that indicates Allmark is dealing with something more serious than, you know, muscle tightness, precautionary, whatever. Um, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah. And I mentioned that this morning on morning ski and, you know, Razor was like, no, you know, don't even worry about it because you got swimming to go right in right, you know, right there. And I think that the difference between this dynamic than the Tuca uh, Swayman dynamic was they were not willing to pull the plug on Tuca quick enough, whereas they have no reason not to make that switch quicker um, with this current goalie tandem that they have now i'm imagining and this is just because of where we work some like skies falling takes coming this week at some point if you know or even maybe tomorrow like oh swayman's sick and Olmark might be hurt like what's gonna happen this is the worst case scenario that's just because the business we work in but um i think that at this point all of that is just um there's no credibility to the fact that neither of those guys will be ready to go game one they probably both be you know, close to a hundred percent, if not a hundred percent, um, for Monday. So, um, we'll get another look at them. I know people have made a lot of the fact that they don't have a lot of playoff experience in the past. Um, neither does Alex Lyon. <laughs> I don't know if he has any playoff experience. I have to go back. He's only played 39 career NHL games. So, um, no, he's not, he's never played a playoff game. So you're, you're going up against a guy theoretically, if it's, if it's Lyon instead of Bobrovsky, who is, is in a position of having even less playoff experience than you. 